Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Terrence Jones. Welcome to another episode of the Fellas Point of View podcast. We are back for another live and amazing show. We have a lot for you to talk about today. Share this podcast right now. Tell a friend, don't keep it to yourself. Make sure you subscribe, follow us, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Rate the show. You gotta rate the show. And keep those comments coming in on Instagram. We love them. You guys are amazing. The fellas are here. Sean is in the building. Hey, hey, everybody. Look at that. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, my God. And it just would not be a show without Fernando. How are you doing, guys? I'm oh, here. Sort of. Kind of. That, that hoarseness. Oh. <laughs> and all the way, you know, we flew him in. We flew him in all the way from the beautiful Los Angeles area. The amazing Lamont is here. Hey, everybody. I'm waiting on my luggage to come in. They flew me in. So. <laughs> well, unfortunately, your luggage is going to get lost this time. So, I, I, I need my garments. No, no. <laughs> You're just going to have to wear the same sweatsuit for the show. Mm. Oh, okay. Somebody give me some Febreze. All right, let's go. Shake my and roll. We're going to put a backdrop on you so it'll look like you got the same colors on as everybody else. We'll make it all blend. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a backdrop and call it a day. Um, how's everybody doing? That's all right. Everybody all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. Um, it's the, the, the week has been really draining, to be honest with you. Mm. Oh. Drink a Pepsi to lift your spirits. I don't drink. I haven't, <laughs> drink, I haven't, drink, so, I don't drink soda. I haven't drink soda in years, probably almost two decades. I shouldn't be drinking it, but it's, 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 I'm having a moment. I'm craving. I used to love soda. Then my mom was like, look at your acne, boy. So I was like, okay. Oh, well, you better leave it alone. You better leave it alone. Better this leave week it alone. has been the week that, oh, I'm sorry, the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, all right. The gift that keeps on giving. Oh, that's not necessarily a positive thing. It's been very long. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It don't seem like enough hours for me this week. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to get stuff done. It's like, huh? Oh, God. Okay, I forgot to do this. I forgot to do that. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm a little wore out. <laughs> In a minute, I'm gonna need a vacation from a week. <laughs> I'm gonna need a vacation because uh, the job is driving me crazy with this union stuff and the idiot that wants to be a union rep. Did I say that? Yes, I did. He's an idiot. So, um, okay. Not even get started on the job. Yeah. <laughs> Ideas with people and their problems all day. I already, I already said I'm gonna catch a case. I'm about to get a PFN number. I'm going to catch a case. You know what? Actually, the job is not so terrible with me right now. I can, I can use a raise right now. I did get a new office space, which is kind of nice. So now I have a corner desk office uh, area, which is kind of cute. So now I've got a window seat. It don't, it don't sound that special. Basically, it's, a bunch of, it's, a, it's, it's still open floor plan with a bunch of desks. But now I've got a, win, I got a window spot. It's just little victories, okay? Little victories. <laughs> Don't be don't be flashing the boys outside from the window. <laughs> oh no, right. no 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 no! You know what's funny? Being at the office does not trigger anything sexual in my brain. I have no none. I just don't. No. Don't run 
run from your computers because lightning is about to strike. He is going to get lightning to strike. Wait a minute. I said this job. Oh. Yeah. Right. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> right. This there's, there's, other, there's other employment. Exactly. <laughs> but this one, with yeah. the corner, corner of the office, does like, not receive like that, that is by like the court. The corner office is the the by as good as it's gonna get. Don't yeah, the, next, the next thing you can do for me is give me a raise. There Hot. it is, ladies and gentlemen. Hot mess. Don't, don't, don't touch me. Pay me. <laughs> oh, pay me. Put it on me. Put it on me. Put it on me. Rain. Check on me. <laughs> yeah. So, in honorable mentions this week, we had some wonderful celebrities stop by the Brooklyn Chop House in New York, which is an amazing steakhouse, which is on West 43rd and Times Square. If you're in New York or you're visiting, make sure you stop by the Brooklyn Chop House. And their food is amazing. Well, her... H-E-R, who is from the Bay Area. She's from Vallejo. Amazing yes. vocalist. She's nominated for five Grammys on Sunday, by the way. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. And J.B. Smooth were at Brooklyn Chop House at two different times. They were attending. And she, H-E-R, left a $1,000 tip. Mm. Kudos, kudos. Now, the funny part is this is a steakhouse, steak, meat, all that. JB Smooth, who's a comedian, which you guys know him from a lot of shows. He was in this last um, movie with Monique and, uh, 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 oh Lord, Danny Glover. Um, who else was in the movie? The Christmas movie. Oh my God! Why can't this Christmas? Huh? You mean this Christmas? Was that the one where Monique was the uh, yeah, the sister-in-law? Yeah, yeah. So he he was in that, and he played the one that was married to uh, the girl from what a what, a Diary of a Mad Black Woman. That was a good movie. Uh, what's her name? Oh hell! Well, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of the name. She was in a Diary of a Mad. <laughs> I can't I uh why am I having difficulties here? But Kimberly Elise? Kimberly Elise. That's, that's it. That's I was like, I, I had the Elise, but I couldn't think of the first name. Thank you. Yes. So they were all in this amazing movie. You guys have not seen this Christmas. It's amazing. But JB Smooth was married to Kimberly Elise and who is the daughter of Danny Glover. Well, he was at the same restaurant and he is a strict vegan. He left a $1,200 tip. So either the, the people. either the food is amazingly good or the customer service is amazingly good. I thought the food was amazing. So you should check it out for yourself. If you're in New York, like I say, it's called the Brooklyn Shop House. Don't sleep on the food. Because obviously, as a vegan, he still was able to enjoy it enough that he left a twelve hundred dollar tip. Well, I need to be a server black. Uh, don't know what the server was. Sorry, 
Oh, you want to be a waiter again, uh, Fernando, so you can get a $1,200 tip? Nah, not really. Not, not think about it. Because you got to stand on your feet a lot. Oh, no. And you got to take orders from people who switch their order every five seconds. Oh, man. You, you see how quick I change my mind? Like, nope. Because I happen to, unfortunately, be in restaurants with people who do that. Oh, no, I don't want that. Oh, wait a minute. No, let's do this. Oh, no, I don't want that. Yeah, I'm going to need you to get together. You know what, Sal? You can are very, very, very particular. Very. Um, it's, it's not rocket science. It's I have not. a friend that requests a glass a glass cup every single time we sit down. I'm not talking to you right now. You? I'm really not talking to you right That's now. That's a little too. Oh, you, you that bitch? <laughs> they sit down and they bring a plastic. He's like, uh-uh, I don't want that glass, please. You do that? Ooh. Oh, no, I said I have a friend. I don't do that. Oh. <laughs> I hope you're not listening. You, you know, I, but we're all clear. I didn't throw him under the bus. I mean, Does he give a reason for the glass? Because plastic, it it does not sometimes get as clean as glass does. So that's the reason for it. Now I am a germaphobe. I am a germaphobe. I'm that one when the pastor tell you to shake your neighbor's hand. I'm looking at you like if you touch me, I'm gonna pop you. And no, I don't want to hug you. No, I'm a germaphobe. Stop all that. Ugh, ugh, ugh. That's nasty. That's nasty. Mm. You coughed in your hand and now you want to touch me. So I get the want to have a glass. So it makes the waitresses and waiters' jobs just a little bit harder. Just a tad bit. Not much. Not much. So last week, we talked about Tyler Perry because Tyler Perry was in the news because social media, you guys drug him through the dirt, through the mud, through the rocks, over the bricks, over the cement, through the hot mud. Y'all read him for filth because he stated that he writes all of his own scripts. Well, there's an amazing little movie came out that he wrote, which is called A Fall From Grace. Well, we all decided to watch A Fall From Grace so that we could talk about that here. Sean hit me and said, have you seen this movie? And I was like, "Mm, I saw the previews for it, but I hadn't watched it. So I decided to go ahead and watch it. And then I said, well, the fellas, we're gonna talk about this. There is an article out right now, which I'll tag on Instagram, Um, for you guys and it is called black people deserve better than tyler perry's latest movie it is by michael blackman and it's in the buzzfeed news report so you guys will have to read that for yourself lamont tell the people what you thought about a fall from grace i thought a fall from grace okay overall i thought it was good Um, it started off predictable. It continued on to be slow. And then the plot twist was really good towards the end. And I thought, I, 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 okay, so here's a little tidbit. Tiffany Haddish was supposed to play the young attorney for the 
Really? But she actually turned down the role because Tyler decided to give her her own movie, which is coming out later on this year. So um, I thought it would have been good for her in her career because... Wait, wait, wait. Let's do it. Since you let's let's do an interjection. Um, the lead actress was Crystal Fox, and right? McCade Brooks was the guy, and the young lady's name was oh my god, why did I just I forgot her name? <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh my god, what was her name? Risha Webb. That's Risha. That's it. Risha. So yeah. those were the lead characters, and. Tyler Perry had a recurring role as the in there, and then there were a couple other people, but the lead was Crystal Fox, McCade Brooks, and Risha. So there we go, just so we'll know people know who we're talking about. And of course, Felicia Rashad and the cameo, oh my God. cameo, cameo slash half scenes for uh, Cicely Tyson. Cicely, how could I forget? Shoot me yeah. later. So, um, but. Again, I thought it would have been really good for Tiffany to kind of stretch her away from comedy and kind of better be seen in a different light, which they tried to do with that movie. I don't know if you guys seen the movie, The Kitchen. Um, it was okay. <laughs> That's oh, all I can say about that. The, the Kitchen. kitchen. It was her and um, uh, what's her name? The It was like... Three comedians, but I um the heavy set lady. Um 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 oh god, her name slips in my mind. I'll think of it, I'll look it up. But um yeah, it was it was more so they were doing like a dra- a dramatic it was kind of dramedy a little bit, but it was more so a dramatic role than just a comedy or what have you that we know Tiffany to do. Um but supposedly this movie that Tyler's working on for her is more of a dramatic role. So we'll see how that goes. So getting back to Fall for Grace, as far as for me, yeah, I thought it was good overall. I thought it was um, one of his better works <laughs> than the things we've seen in the past. Um, again, some was predictable as usual. And, and uh, I like the plot twists and I like the ending, although it kind of leads to, kind of loops to, it might be a second one coming, but who knows. But uh Fall for Grace, that was it. On a scale, A through F, I'll give it A, B plus. That's me. Give it a B plus. Oh, such, such high marks. Fernando is over here giving up. Tell me, if y'all can see at home what goes on, Fernando's head has been bobbing since, oh, no, I shouldn't say bobbing. That's not a good word. <laughs> He's not bobbing. Let me not, let me not make it there. His his head has been going left and right. So, Fernando, what did you think? Like, y'all know that, like, when Tyler Perry got to the news media and I was in total defense of him because I think from, as an artist, just psychologically, just if I was being honest, that's how I thought about it. And I get his plight and I get where he's coming from. But looking at this movie, it was like that he is, he's gotten, like, I, I could be wrong because I don't know this man. Like, he looks like he just got, he's too overly comfortable in his, his work product, where he, it's all plug and play. Like, all the music sounds, it sounds like the music, the, the music uh, selection sounds like some stuff that he, he, like he recycled from other parts of his other movies throughout the years. 
like the music was ill placed. The the cinematography didn't didn't feel like it, like didn't feel like it was engaging. The lighting was completely off. I was so distracted by the poor quality of how it was produced that I couldn't get into the storyline and plot twist. I got the plot twist literally as like literally within the first 15, 20 minutes. I was like, oh, I'll cast the eyes gonna pop off. Like I totally got that. It was a little too obvious for me. And maybe I'm too I'm that I'm too that I don't know. I don't I don't know. Maybe I was just too cynical for it. But I I'm comparing this to like supposed to be like a you know a crime thriller. And I'm thinking about like comparing to other stuff I gotta watch. And I'm like, I'm thinking about like Law and Order, S, uh, you know, uh, you know, SBU. I'm like, I've seen better quality produce a, a, a one-hour show for that, and I saw two hours, two hours. My life is not coming back after this two hour, hours. Do you know how disengaged I was with this uh, movie? I managed to get emails done. I went to the bathroom and took a shit twice. Um, I smoked two joints, and and prepare for this show. Oh my. And managed to actually not only just prepare for the show, but do full research. Because I was that disengaged. I was popping in and out of the show. I, I, and I love a good, you know, crime thriller. I love stuff like this. I know it was based partly on a true story, on a true story or totally the true story. I just think that it was missing that cinema richness. Like, and, and the thing is, I've seen, I just some other things I've seen Tyler Perry do that I love. But this one, I'm like, it was like Tyler Perry saying, oh, yeah, I got this shit. I don't need nobody. Like, it was like the cockiness of the cockiness saying I can produce something because therefore I am. And, and, and it came off that way. I don't know this nigga, so whatever. So, but just the fact of the matter is, it, I'm like, I, I agree with the assessment about can the, black, the black community could have gotten better because gotten I think there's some voices that could have put some more depth into that movie. There is some artists out there who could have crafted the lighting story better. There could have been some, some directors who could have given a more in-depth psychological perspective that would have just got people to tune in just a little bit tighter to the movie. Like this just seems like it was like, because I'm a big name, I you know I got a form, I got a winning formula and I'm and, and I just shook it up and uh, shook it up and rolled the dice out. Okay. Like, if I had to rate it from an A to B, I would have gave it a maybe maybe on a good day a D. A D. Okay. So therefore, we have a B plus. We have a D. So let me tell you guys what I thought about, and we'll have Sean close it out. He'll be our anchor on this marathon today. Um, I, for one, yeah. enjoyed the movie. Now, I watch movies, and I see a lot of things that most people don't see as from the acting side. I catch a lot of things. And there were some disturbing things that I caught in the film. And one of the most things, and this is a spoiler alert for somebody who's sitting at home that has not watched it. One of the things that really annoyed me about the movie is Crystal and McCade were walking down the street and they were outside. And I understand that it's dark and we, 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 we get those times when it's dark. She walked into a section where we lost her completely from the screen. And I was just like, wait a minute. 
So there was no lighting that could have given her anything. All you saw was his arm and no, it was like, it was, she's like, she became the, she became Casper. She was a ghost. So I had an issue with that. And there was um, the situation with the wigs. Tyler, I'm sorry. You have too much money. You have too much money. And it's actually a slap in the face to cosmetologists in Atlanta area that you can't get a decent wig. There is no reason why McCade uh, walked around here with that atrocious high top fade wig on top of his head looking stupid. And the, the, scene, the Beijing of it all. The, right. The scene where Crystal was sitting inside of the, uh, the little room in the jail and y'all changed the wigs. Did you think nobody was going to catch that? What the fuck was that about? <laughs> Did you think that that was not going to be caught? And then when she put on the shoes to come downstairs and she got downstairs and didn't have no shoes on, what the hell? So let me tell you this. <laughs> let me say this. Let me say this. And I, I, I'm trying not to be critical. But let me say this. Oh, you are? <laughs> Stop telling people you did this movie in five days because it really looks like you did it in five days. Let me tell you this. One of the things that we do on stage, especially when I'm doing theater on on theater, we have somebody who takes pictures of the stage so that each scene, you know where something is. You need somebody to do that, to with their iPhone, to walk around, snap, 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 so that they know this book was right here. This rug, rug was right here. So that when the scene is goes on to the next scene and you need to come back to that scene again, everything can be put back into the same exact place so that there is some continuity and there's some consistency. So, but I enjoyed the, I thought it was a good storyline. I thought it was a good storyline. The twist at the end sent me for a loop. So I'm going to have to give it, I don't think I can give it a B plus. I'm really going to give it a C. I, 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 I'm in a C. I'm in a C kind of mood. Did, 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 did you see the light, the lighting work and the little, the, the fucking little uh, secret garden it was in? Looked like two flashlights in the middle of the fucking night and, uh, and, them, and them, uh, them bootleg fireflies they had, they had flying at the guy. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop like, it. You mean to tell me you couldn't jar up some fireflies and shake that bitch out? You had to go do some, some, uh, some, some, uh, some Photoshop shit that you got. I'm that giving you, them a C. That you got your cousin's brother, uncle, sister, uncle. To do this, Lord, from the hair shop. Okay, we gave them a C. Now y'all know this was Sean's pick, so (laughs) grab y'all wigs, clutch your pearls, because he about to slide us down the street. Sean, what are your thoughts of this amazing movie? So, upon first watch of this movie. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was a great movie for Netflix. I even posted it on Facebook, and people tried to let me have it left and right. Like, what do you mean? I was like, well, what? I legitimately got in arguments with people who were just downing Tyler Perry because I do believe that good, bad, or indifferent, he is necessary. And that's, I mean, he just is, and you can't deny that. Um, But... Upon second watch of this film, 
I have several questions. Spoiler alert, if you have not watched this film, please fast forward. But there are several questions <laughs> that I have, the least of which are the wig choices. I need to understand how in the fuck the <laughs> husband did not realize this was the same goddamn house that bitch jumped off this, the roof in the beginning of the film. First. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Stop going on. Oh. Secondly, I also need to understand. <laughs> I need to understand how the hell y'all were friends. Oh, freeze! Yo, who's, uh, who's in the noise? Something's going on with your uh. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So don't don't, don't touch that. Don't touch the laptop again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Them hands. You get them hands on there. So back yeah. to what I was saying. <laughs> um. So, secondly, I need to understand how is it you guys were friends for six years and you did not not know this woman had a son. Right. Did not you didn't know she had a son? Do um, you also did not know that she had a gang of bit a gang of bitches chained downstairs, right downstairs from where y'all were sitting yeah, having coffee at? You also they came out like the thriller. Yes. Also, <laughs> I need to understand. <laughs> How you believed that this man was this fucking artist that he said he was when he looked to be two years old. Uh, I also need to understand if Google ever existed in this this world. Again, context. Like, I think Tyler Perry missed all that. I, like, there's there's a laundry list of things I have to understand about this film, but... I can sum it up by saying this. I believe that Tyler Perry needs to, he started off with a very good concept and fucked it up. I believe that um, he needs to consult with other writers. He needs to consult with people who are of this generation, who have written films that are not, that are more than, um, that are more than, um, just a rehashing of a Chitlin circuit play. Yeah, like it's like it kind of came off like that, like that a certain time period, like a romance novel. Like it yeah. came off, it came off like those cheesy romance novels that you would have read back in like the nineties or something. Like it had a certain, it had a certain period of time that like it was missing some certain key pivotal things that would have made the made the storyline a little bit more believable, a little bit more. Um, uh, relatable to people so they can just buy into the story better. Then you have this woman who has married this man who has now found out that not only has he stolen $379,000 from her job, but has also mortgaged her house. And she don't beat his ass in that moment. She does not grab the bat on the way up to see the bitch that he's fucking in her bed. With the Beijing, with the Beijing crotch hair. Yeah. I, Oops. She waits until he tells her you are nothing to finally pick up a bat and hit him upon the head. I I just do not understand this film because it's rooted in some reality that one is not black and two not real. Right. Because the and, moment, because the moment he would he would have said 
when he got to about question me, don't question me, I said, what black woman of a certain particular age was like, who the fuck you think you're talking to, nigga? Especially after I just heard you say that you enjoy the fireflies in the middle of the fucking night. What? Exactly, bitch. You got me up here sweating my good wig out, and then you want you have the nerve to stand, to stand tall in my motherfucking house? And tell me I don't like to be questioned. Well, guess what? I don't like niggas on my phone. No, or in my house that I pay for. Did we ever find out the age in this movie? Did we ever find out the difference in the age? Because I I never did catch that part. We didn't. But you know what? We did find out that somehow he notarized some documents and got her house refinanced. Now, we all know that you cannot do that shit. No. Married or not. No, you cannot. How did not if your name's not on the deed. How did you mortgage someone, take out the mortgage on someone else's house and force their signature and they never showed up to the bank? Are you kidding? I don't care if you are married. If their name is not on the deed, you cannot do that. (laughs) You have to show up to the bank. And and while we talk talk about the bank, how does the bank think that she she transferred all this money and then I do a a forensic research on the time period? I ask her or, or check the cameras or anything. I'm like, they just assume that she did it. No, what's even worse is that you call this employee in, you fire her for $379,000. That is grand theft. Not arrest her. Missing from those accounts, and there is no police officer present. No police. (laughs) Right. We're going to fire you, return the money. What? What, bitch? You going to jail right now, and she's black? And then I'm just going to believe that she was that she was a personal banker. How does a personal banker that works in the branch steal $379,000? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so what grade are you giving this amazing movie? (laughs) Yeah. So the grade that I will give, well, wait, there there were some redeeming qualities, though. Oh, were there? I did like the acting from Crystal Fox. She's great. Yes. I did like Felicia Rashad. Yes. Uh, her character was stupid. That's not that's the fault of the writer, not her. Um, she, it was good. I did like the twist at the end. However, the execution sucked. We'll talk about it. Um, and Brisha Webb was actually pretty good as the, um, as the lawyer. However, she could have used a little bit more, more direction but that comes back to the director and back to the writing also. Um, but I think she did an overall a good job. So with all that said, I definitely have to go with the D for this movie. And it's a lot for me because I started at like close, close to an A and then I watched it again and had all these questions. So I'm going to have to go with a D. Yeah. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We went right on down the, the thing. We went B, C, B, F. It just kind of went all the way, kind of went down here from there. Unfortunately, you didn't get an A, Tyler. I'm sorry to say that. You did not knock it out the park. Not from this group. Not from this group, kid. Not from anybody. And I, I, I have to say this, Mr. Perry. You really are not a struggling actor, promoter writer anymore 
there is no, I'm sorry, there's no reason for anybody's head to look like that when Atlanta claim to fame is Bronner Brothers and the big hair shows. So please tell me why you have them people looking that crazy. That still is a very big issue to me. <laughs> so. Because that may be on homeboy's head. I swear y'all. And what we gave is, we gave was real cute. The article that uh, BuzzFeed did, savage. It, it, yeah, it, that that was a slice, dice, cut in your jungler, and let me turn it and twist it five million times while I got it in your jungler. I, I walk, I walk past the San Francisco office all the time. I was like, there must be some mad motherfuckers in there because they, boy, when they put the tea out there, they put the tea scalding hot and just drop it in your lap. But you know what? It's true. It's not untrue. So you can't be mad at the truth. I mean, like, I'm, I'm nicer about it because maybe one day I get to work with Tyler Perry and I get to pitch him one of my ideas and he lets one of my lights shine. You know, not trying to kiss up to a dude because truth is truth. Look, I, I you know, that's what I saw in the movie. Can, can you be mad about my opinion? Sure, but it's my truth. It's just like anybody true. else's. And I got, and like, there's, there's a, and I, I've grown up on movies and TV shows. I think that, you know, that kind of qualifies me to at least know what I'm looking for. And I got to feel something for it. And I felt it was a D. So, love it or shove it, baby. Well, you, yeah. you know, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. So, exactly. therefore. That's very, very true. Now, we still yeah. love you, Tyler. We still love yes, you. Yes, we do. Gonna, we're going to still um, continue to support you. But we just had to give our truths and our opinions on that. Yeah, that's cool. We still have, yeah. So. On Sunday, January 19th, the SAG Awards happened, and which is the Screen Actors Guild Awards, and it was held at the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles, California, and fashion, fashion, fashion misfits, fashion maybes, fashion knows. But um, we're going to give our top five. We each have a top, well, some of us have a top five. Some of us got a top three. Some of us got a top two. But we tried to give our top five looks from the SAG Awards. And we're going to start with Lamont. Thank you so much. It, it, it's an honor and a privilege. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, my top five. Let's. I'm gonna start number five first. So number five coming in for the guys would be Sterling K. Brown, and I thought that uh, he I'll did a wonderful right. job. I mean, you know, Sterling really can't go wrong. I mean, you you can put him in a brown sack, and bam, he comes out looking fabulous. Yes. So the only thing I didn't like was. I didn't like the the ratio as far as the pants length to the shoe and no socks. I didn't really like that too much on him. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because he's a little bit older, but I really didn't like all that. But I like the, the houndstooth print jacket and all that. Yeah, that, that was all right with me. Um, let's see. Number four is going to be uh, a lady we just spoke about, 
and she's in that wonderful movie of fall from grace and that's crystal fox i thought she looked wonderful i thought she was looking elegant in her black and and uh bejeweled sequence top part of her dress and i i thought she really looked good although i would have liked to see something a little bit better with that hair i didn't really too much care for that um Let's see. I was. I'll say Gloria Gaynor up updo that she had going on. That that didn't really. Mm -mm, no, that didn't really do too much for me. But uh, the overall, I thought her dress was pretty good. Let's see. Number three is of course Michelle Williams. Oh yeah. I thought she looked pretty good in that that wonderful black velvet Versace dress that she was wearing. I don't know about the hair though. Um, I really hope that she gives us a better look for the Oscars or something because, you know, the little blonde papadou, we've seen that too many times on her. But I thought the dress was wonderful. I thought the uh, the less less is more as far as the jewelry is concerned, the rings and everything, you know, nothing on the neck, nice little plunging line. And I thought she was actually sprayed tan that very nicely that night. So, yeah, kudos to Michelle Williams. Uh, let's see. Number two, of course, is Amanda, whose last name I always can't make out, but uh, the lady in her turquoise sequence dress with the matching bag. I thought that was really nice. Uh, it's a little homage to Jennifer Lopez's uh, bone that she wore years ago, but I thought it was really nice. I thought it was really elegant. I thought it was a like 70s flapper style of kind of dress, but it was really, really fun on her. And uh, Number one, of course, the lady who keeps on redeeming herself at all the award shows is Miss Jennifer Lopez. Thank God she came back and did this in the black. And uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think Jenny on the block, I think she's she's coming of age on this. I would have liked something a little bit different with the hair, but it was it was okay. It was it was okay. It wasn't too bad. So yeah, those those are those are my top five. So SAG Awards and uh We'll see what happens on the next red carpet. I think we'll be reviewing. Are we going to review the Grammys or just the Oscars? What we want to do? Uh, both. Uh, I guess we have to talk about okay. both because it is a world right, season. So unfortunately, we'll see, what, we'll see what some of these kids do for the Grammys on next week. Fernando, can you give us five? Can you give us four? Can you give us three? Can you give us two? Can you give us one? We can give you three. Can you give us any? Yeah. Oh, three. So, All right. Here we go. Number three. Got three. We got three. I really do like, uh, like Jen, uh, Jennifer Anderson's address. Mm. I thought it was. It has a very ninety chic to it. Uh, chicness to it that I kind of appreciated. And she she kind of played to her strengths. And she had the girls up and ready for it too. I was living for it. Yes. She like. Like you, like you were very aware how hard she worked on her body, and I, I, I appreciate that. And so my number two, my number two would be um, actually same as yours. Uh, um, um, uh, uh, oh my God, his name just popped out of my head because you just said it. Sterling. Yeah, I really liked his outfit. I thought it was really nice, just beautiful. Like it was something. It'd be something I would wear. I mean, uh, the shoes. I probably would do something different with the shoes, but that's just my personal taste. Um, um, he probably would have did better with no underwear than that funky underwear he had on now because it's showing all his print in the wrong the wrong area. 
Just saying. Yeah, that, and we know there's curvature there. You see the print, but the print is not, it's all mingled up in that underwear. He need to go and just take that off and leave it alone. Let it, let it, let it look, let it fly. Shoot, I do. Let it hang, let it hang. Let it hang. <laughs> I was like, baby, look, you know what? I learned a long time ago. It's like, don't be worried about, don't worry about when people are looking at you. Worry about when people stop looking at you because that means you ain't got to look at if, you ain't, if they stop looking at you. Oh, my. I was like, honey, give them something to look at, honey, because the, the day they stop looking, get worried, because that means you ain't got shit to look at. Oh, so my number one is got to be Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Only because yeah. she put the whole head-to-toe look together. Like, she, this yes. outfit looks like her personality, and that's why I like it. It's This is a very controlled beauty in this outfit, and the way it's styled around her. And that's why I like it. Like this, like, like the other dresses, I like the other dresses, but I like a, dre I like a dress that just fits the personality of, of the woman. And she embraced that look with how she accessorized it, the way her hair is sitting. It just, everything complements that dress. I loved it. And be, wait, and that bow on the back really worked me. I didn't know it was a bow until she got on stage. I said, "That yeah. didn't tonight." <laughs> yeah, now this is the now this is the right way to do a bow. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right for the bow, Sean. How many are we getting out of you? <laughs> I don't know what we're getting out of Sean because Sean has given us this look. Oh, he's he's muted. You'll actually get five. Oh, we're oh. getting five. Yes, you will get five. And the church. So let's man. so let's start. <laughs> so number five tonight for me is gonna be Nicole Kidman. I actually thought this was a wonderful dress. Okay. I love the leg. Oh, he just like the game on us for y'all at home. Sean just up the game on us. He just tried to show us out all here. I love the strappy sandal. I love the nail polish. I think the hair looks nice. And, and I also like the fact that her accessories tie in with the theme of the dress. Oh, I like the dress. Okay. I do. I do like that right. dress. That's number five. All right. So number four is going to be Reese Weatherspoon. Oops, I think I clicked on the wrong one. It's going to be Reese Weatherspoon. There we go. Mm -mm. I like I like this dress. Mm -mm. I like I liked the silhouette of it. I like how it looks on her. Now Reese is not classically the most beautiful girl, but it's okay. Oh. Oh. Um, Leave her alone. Reese is pretty girl. She's a pretty girl. Uh, yeah, but not in this dress, though. Uh-uh. I, I, like, I like the dress. I like the split. And I like the way that she, um, that it all has kind of come together here. I like so, it, but I, I like it. And I think it looks good on her, but I think it would have made it just a notch above if she had a much more hip curvature. That is very true. More pronounced What more you want that. her to have? She ain't black. She ain't got no hips. She ain't got no curves. They got some white chicks out there who can give you that curve, that boom, boom, boom. 
Yeah, the, the some that have paid for it too. She didn't pay. Some for paid it. for it. Some of them just been, been some big girls and knew how to shape their shit to the place they wanted to put it. Mm-hmm. And I would have preferred a better tan on her though, because her 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 body is not matching her head, or is it just my face? No, you okay. you know I think they the foundation they're using is lighter than her. Mm-hmm. But, no. um, but anyway, I like I like the dress. That's number four for me. All right. All right. So let's let's now go to number three. Number that is Miss Scarlett Johansson. Oh, I love the um, silhouette of this dress. I like the way that um, this the um, the plunging V neck. I love the way that looks. I love her hair being pulled back. I love the lip. I also like the. Um, like the earrings and she's doing a classic black girl thing where she's standing with her hip to the side accentuating her curves she uh-huh. she's giving me that tower banks pose mm-hmm. but the only thing about that this dress doesn't do anything as far as the back is concerned if you would have seen the back of this it it didn't do anything and then in between like the cleavage area there's a mm-hmm. little uh little thing right there that uh, it, I don't know. It, I mean, it, it was okay. I mean, it's okay. And then she actually has a ponytail. It's not really all pulled back. There's a ponytail back there that you can't really oh, see. So, yes. so it didn't. It didn't really work for me. I mean, the as far as I think her bust line in the back part is just all like it's just cut right there, and the dress doesn't do anything in the back. So there's like it's like a little. It's like a little um, connection behind the back as far as the, the top part is concerned, but then there's nothing in the back of it. It would have been cute if it had a bow or something, the reason for these ruffles on the side, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was just a little too plain for me, for her. I've seen her in better stuff. You know, I think it's simple. It's understated. And it shows off her, it shows off her body to me. Mm-hmm. All right, so that would be my number three. My number two is someone who I actually didn't—I didn't know, but I just love this look. Millie Bobby Brown hey. in Louis Vuitton. I love this little this church lady outfit. I love it. This looks like the first lady outfit, and it looks nice. It's fashion forward. It looks like the first lady outfit. <laughs> But it's fashion forward. This is like you. I could totally see Karen Clark shirt in this. Up, oh, not Karen Clark shirt. Your hat, exactly with a big with hat. a nice little hat. But that doesn't it mean would, it doesn't it look nice. It would never be that plain. It, it wouldn't be it, that plain. Now, the only thing that I would say that I would change is that I feel like she should have had a Louis Vuitton on. Louis Vuitton has plenty of shoes that are white. That have some type of bead, some type of some type of accent on the sh- on the shoe that would have worked better with this outfit. But other what are than these? that, Jimmy Choo? I mean, what shoes is she wearing? What is this, Jimmy Choo? So or? they didn't say what the shoe was, but the outfit is Louis Vuitton. Uh-huh. So mm. the outfit's Louis, Louis Vuitton. I like the watch. I love the rings. I like I love her hair being um, splitting down the I middle into the back. I I I like this outfit. Is that your type stuff? Mm-hmm. Is that what? 
I don't really too much care for that brooch up there by itself. It gets yeah, lost. You can do without the brooch. Um, but everything else looks to be in place for me. Yeah. So uh, that that's my number two. And then number one, of course, we have mother, Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Jennifer Lopez, I did not see the back of this dress. But Jennifer Lopez Maybe. never fails. She always has something very sickening on. Um, and although she's had some misses, this is definitely a hit. It's a simple black dress with a fantastic back centerpiece. Um, that hair looks right. The jewelry looks right. Um, even her makeup looks wonderful. Mm. Everything about this look is wonderful to me. Yeah, she was a hit that night. But you know what? I th- I don't know if, if she's doing bowls or something this season or something because everything has had a bow on it. But I like this 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 particular look is is really. I mean that 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 bow that the back of that dress is bad. <laughs> yep. I mean the back of it is bad. So yeah, she yeah she. She, uh, she, she, she wanted for me. Man. Yep, and that would be my top five. All right, Mr. Christopher Terrence Jones, ladies and gentlemen, do you uh-huh. have five? You got four. You got three. You got two. You got one. I do have five. I really oh, do. Right. I have five, and y'all know I was like, okay, let me look at this really good so I can come up with something good. But I don't know. I didn't. I guess I didn't do mine in order as everybody else did because I just. Well, I guess I could say the uh, the order that they're in, and I, I I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm as fancy as Mr. Sean, um, but I. <laughs> why did I just lose my train of thought? <laughs> Where did it go? I took notes, so. I had to make sure that I had notes. I went a little bit out of the the norm of what everybody else did. I would say she would be my number five, and that would be Logan Browning, who was in Jason Wu. And she had on like a little ruffle something. And I don't I'm not even sure if I know who Lauren Brown Logan Browning is. But she's this really pretty girl. And she had on this, what I would I call it like a uh what would I call that color? Let me see. What what would I call this color? Let's see if I can uh what was it? It's like a like a, a mauve color? Cerulean. So like a, a fuchsia? Something like that one? What would y'all, I don't know what, what I would call that color. Cerulean. Cerulean. Okay, you better go back to Noah's Ark and give us some damn cerulean. That's a pumpernickel. It's more, it's more pumpernickel than cerulean. <laughs> All right, pumpernickel. Um, I like the dress because she's actually a really pretty girl. And I like the way how the dress flowed. I don't really particularly care for a lot of ruffles. And, you know, some people go overboard, overboard with ruffles. She did not go overboard with ruffles. And so that impressed me. 
I went a little bit out yeah, on my yeah. on my number four. Yeah, that 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 look that too much looks like a a, um, a casket to me. But I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. My number four, <laughs> I stepped out. Nobody liked her dress because nobody said anything. But I did like Cynthia Arrivo's dress. Honey, I like the colors. I like the bigness of it because y'all know I like a big over the top dress. If you're gonna do it, um. I thought her hair could have been a different color instead of that doggone blonde. I'm so sick of everybody wearing blonde. Oh, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. For me, number three. The dress looks like uh-oh. she wrapped up in a blanket. Stop and it. Put a bow. That is the style of she those. She was trying dress. to have a Carrie Brown. Oh. Uh-oh. No. The mom wears stuff that is way too old for um for her. It ages her. She's just 33. But I feel like yes. dresses always age her and they make her look older than she needs to i get that she went yeah, with a fun collar I, I don't know who's styling her i don't know who's styling her because she looks, she looks like she's in her 50s it ain't working oh my god i thought she was in her 50s my husband See? in my head is styling her and jason boulder if you listen boo just let's go shopping because um, Cynthia yeah. got okay, a figure, bar, and she really bar. needs one. When did Jason Bolden become your husband? I said he's my husband in my head. In your head, I get that. When did all of a sudden, when did you fall in love with him all of a sudden? About two shows ago, where were you at when he made that comment? <laughs> but you know what? I fell, I fell hard for Jason Bolden when I watched his show with the dare on, um, on, um, Netflix. Okay. So my, and then, so, okay. We'll, we'll talk about that a later day. My number three is, um, on three? Yeah, I'm on three. Is uh, Michelle Williams. Love the dress. Yay. Love the From dress. From Destiny's Child? No. no. Michelle Williams in the all black dress. I love it. Uh, Louis Vuitton. Amazing. Amazing. Now, the actress, the white actress, Michelle Williams, the white not the black singer. Oh, the one that was married to Heath Ledger. Is that yes. It? Okay, there we go. Now I'm stuck between my on uh, my my one and t- uh, my number one slot. So I well, so I'm I'm gonna say my number t- my number two is gonna be Jennifer uh, Lopez. I love the dress, amazing, just. Fabulous. You better pick a bad bitch for number one. When I tell you your number one better be fierce (laughs) as hell. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. You guys may not like it, but my number one is definitely going to be Jennifer Aniston. I thought she just is amazing. I I like Jennifer Aniston. I thought, I mean, Jennifer Lopez had a beautiful dress. 
I love compared the, to J Lo, you picked out Jennifer Aniston. Yes, I did pick Jennifer. What the Botox titties? Oh, Jennifer it. Aniston <laughs> looks like Jennifer Lopez's mother. <laughs> you tried it. You tried it. Well, I see, didn't try it. Tell the truth. With a fanny tuck. <laughs> well, we're from we're from diff, we're from different age brackets, and I love the dress. I like the silkiness of it. I thought it was an amazing dress. Leave it alone. Whatever. Now she's a far better actress, but I mean, come on, that's not stretching. I like the little slip dress. I do. I mean, you can go get that at Nordstrom's. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> you sure can. It was Christian Dior. That is very much. That is a like, ready-to-wear silver dress that she didn't pick, like picked Christian up. Dior. And 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 typical typical Christian Dior. It is nothing in the back for her at all. It would have been cute if her dress would have had like a, a plunging back line or something like that. But when she walked on stage, I said, "It's just nothing. It's mm, off the." I'm not with y'all. I'm not going there. With so the, mo the mother of the bride, that's what that dress gives me. And then it sure does. It does. It gives you mother of the bride, and she should have a bride. shawl, a matching mm -hmm. shawl to go with it, with some blocky, strappy sandals to go with it. Well, damn it, I'm on my way to the damn wedding. The hell with all y'all. <laughs> yeah. Walk her in, Chris. Walk it her down the aisle. Walk mother in. She should have those shoes on that Monica had, had on in the before you walk out my last video. Oh, shit. <laughs> with, the, with the chunky shoes. <laughs> the big, thick ass heels. Big, chunky ass heels. Sidebar, you know they allowed her to show her pussy in that video. I'm not um, going to y'all drag me. I'm not going to drag me for my What? Really? If you notice when she's standing on that, when she's sitting down with the ugly ass shoe, shoes on with that brown outfit, someone needed to be shot with them right, for the right shoes. But when she's sitting down, she has a camel toe, a real big camel toe. It's pronounced. And oh. we all thought Monica was like 18, 19. Monica was 13 in that video. Oh. Mm. I'm not going to let y'all drag me. Yeah, find, find that clip and send it to us, please. <laughs> I will. I need to review. <laughs> Y'all gonna be like, wow, that this is one, this is my jam, but two, girl, you were 13. <laughs> 13, let the let the boys have it on the island. Serving camel. Right. Serving camel. Well, moving on. There we have our tops from the amazing SAG Awards. Let us know what you think. We're gonna put up each fella's uh their picks. You guys let us know. We love we love to hear from y'all in the comment section. Love to hear from y'all in the comment section. So um Fernando had sent this wonderful thing over. There's an article in the New York Times that was published on January 22nd. And I thought this would be a great discussion for us to talk about. And it's in a, it's by Jim. Jim, if I say your name wrong, I apologize. Mang Mangia. And he runs a network of community health centers in Los Angeles. And the title of it was Gay Men Are Dying From a Crisis We're Not Talking About. So 
no one's really grappling with the meth disaster. That's what we're going to call it, is the meth disaster. And so we're going to give Fernando the lead on this and let him just, because it, it was moving to his heart. I, mean, it, it, I think it's just a real truth that we don't talk about in the gay community. Like, I think that we, you know, we, we I think that we, we've overcome so much, but I think they came with a cost. They came with a price that we paid, you know, and I don't think that we really, really talked about like, you know, the, like the, the, the long lasting effect of the damage that we had to walk through just to get to what we've gotten to this far, uh, you know, as a gay community. I was like, I think that people just think we just kind of walked away from that unscathed. So I think that, you know, like, so I, so I think that like the, this comes from a really dark place for a lot of gay men where, you know, you know a lot of, we like to do a lot of escapisms and, you know, we go party, we drink, we do, we do everything to the utmost, we do it up, we do it up to the most we can. And that's for anybody. But we, I, for some reason, we've, it became culturally acceptable, you know, within the community to, for drugs to exist. And this is not nothing new. You know, it was, you know, we, you know, it was a, a lot of vices, cocaine, alcohol, you know, whippets, whatever you could think of, you know, the gay community was in, was in on it for, as far as recreational drugs is concerned. So, you know, it just, and just, but just, but in, but in this day and age, we, meth has just become the bigger grade of choice for you know, the gay community. And there's a very dark space for it where you see a lot of people online, you know, talking, you know, that you see them in the, all their profile names will say, you know, party with a capital T, which means they doing Tina or they looking to do Tina. Uh, and and, you, and, and it, it's an entire subculture in of itself that, seems to be, you know, uh, that, that's, that seems to like be something that we really don't, we really haven't been talking about, the, uh, you know, head on. And it's, it's doing more than just, you know, it, it just, um, being a stain on the community. It's killing, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, peop the people who live in it. And so, you know, even as much as we want, you know, in, um, in mainstream, we, we talk about how far we come and us creating the, uh, the ideal of what the, Amer the, the, the gay American dream will look like, you know, the white, it's almost like a subculture of the heterosexual lifestyle, like the white picket fence, the family, the marriage and whatnot. But we don't talk about like these very dark aspects of our community that is a big problem. And, it, and there's a lot of reasons why it is, but it is a real problem. Mm -hmm. So true. It's so true. There are so many. I I mean I don't know where it come from, and I and I guess maybe it's it's really trying to fit in. I, I guess that's what I would say it is fit in because people get into to partying because I I say peer 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 pressure because. I'm not one of those, I ain't doing no drugs. You, I don't care how much you put it in front of me, that ain't my thing. It just ain't my thing. But there are people who do it all the time. And in the entertainment industry, as one of my friends told me before, you can go to an event and when you're there, it's nothing but drugs everywhere. It's nothing but drugs everywhere. And you kind of feel like the outcast because you're not doing the drugs because everybody else is doing them. So. And, 
you, you call like sometimes you would call like a, a being a social uh, a social vice because we all have our own vices, you know whether it's drugs, alcohol, food, sex, you know money. We have a vice, and it's, uh, you know that uh, that that we that, that becomes an outlet for how you know, how we deal with things psychologically sometimes, and, uh, and you know uh, and some people have a, a their personalities gravitate towards drugs and they that become their vice. Like for me, it was food, and I knew that so. Uh, you know, I you know I look at the gate like like sometimes it's it for for some game it's, it's, it's escapism. Like there's some guys I've been with where one guy he was being uh, he was being uh, physically abused by his husband, and and for and it, and and, uh, and it was do, it was just so happened to be during sex. His his husband was very abusive to him sexually, and so he would do drugs to not deal with it like it's like he didn't know how to leave you would think you know think in mainstream people think oh two men how do you not leave but psychologically some people just don't know how to step away from an abusive relationship no matter how much you know how much it, it, it for you in your head you know a man can walk away because he's a man a picture of a man doesn't always look like someone who can always have an option to do something say something go somewhere so like for this particular man drugs with his life so was he, I mean, was he actually beating him while they're having sex? Or, I mean, um, what was like, the, what you said it was physical, physical during sex. So what was, what was the... If he didn't comply with what he wanted, so like if he wanted a threesome, the, the threesomes would happen against his will. Um, or or if, if he wanted to have, like, or his, his husband wanted him to see, see him have sex with other men in front of him. So if he didn't want to, then that was not something that was told, so he would get physical with him, and 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 he complied eventually. Usually, it was usually it was drugs as well. So you know, so it was more so like if he didn't do his sexual fantasy, correct. And so like he when we abused when, physically, when, okay. yeah, and like when we hooked up once, I could I was experiencing all his physical trauma. Like I was like, what is wrong with this guy? Like something was not right, and I just stopped mm -hmm. and, I, and I asked myself, like, "What sexual trauma are you going through in this moment?" And he just fell apart and told me his entire story, and you know his 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 uh, his, his drug use with uh, Tina, and just you know you know why he how he got hooked on it, why he still does it, why he struggled to get away from it because it was his way connecting from the physical trauma, and him that was the only way he was able to connect sexually, even though. This, like typically guys who are on Tina, that pleasure button is so far buried, you can never freaking hit it. So when, so when guys are like doing on Tina and whatnot, typically that, like that, get that that pleasure button is somewhere back in the middle of nowhere. You're not Interesting. Hit, yeah, you're not gonna hit that button nowhere. Like the, it's the journey, it's the it's the tunnel vision of the the feeling that they're getting. That's why you'll see a bunch of men on Tina jerking off for hours on end. Getting off on oral for hours on end, they all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a, a man who's a top can't get a hard on, but all of a sudden he's a magic bottom all of a sudden because it because that's what Tino does. Tino just will, like basically slow, slows down your bloodstream, goes on a psychoactive trip, and you and you're disconnected from pleasure sensors except the one that you do. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah.
Those of you at home, I'm a sidebar this. If y'all want to have an active sex life, y'all better stop using them damn drugs. Because otherwise, they don't want to get into bed with y'all if y'all can't produce. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to something that you said. You, just so that I'm clear, when he would not do sexual things, um, he would not comply sexually, his husband would force him to? Um, psychologically and physically. So like, you know, so like, you know, like if he's like, you know, I want to go, you know, like, like the time you're trying to walk out, like his husband would get physical with him, like pin him down or punch him in the face or punch him in the ribs. Because, okay, I just, I just wanted to get clear on that because that, that's another level of abuse that I, I don't think I've ever heard, heard of before. Yeah, like he, like he was showing me pictures of like, like this abuse went on for eleven years for him. Oh, wow, that's off and on. On. he dealt with being physically abused for off eleven years. Off and on, like he would, he would get, re, he would go to rehab and do better, and then he would relapse. You know, it'd be like three, four, five years, like three, four years, and they'd be good, and then he'll relapse, and then three, four more years, he's good, and then out of nowhere. You would relapse. Yeah, relapse. No, I and, we, and when you're in a relationship that you think that, you know, things are just always going to get better, you know, we're no, just because we're gay men, don't think we, like, we're not like any other couple, like a, a man by, a standing by his, uh, you know, his woman standing by her man, uh, some or vice versa, like, this really does happen, even for the gay no. people. Yeah, I understand. I mean, Grace let someone mortgage her house and didn't beat his ass to three days later, so I get it. Right. <laughs> And I mean, not not only that, but it's like eventually within the whole, I mean, the physical relationship or whatever, they, he just probably became numb. He's so used to it mm-hmm. to the point where if it didn't happen, he's looking for it to happen. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it might have been it might have been an adrenaline thing for him, because unfortunately, some guys get off on that, on on actually being physically abused or actually you know, having, having, of course, of course, we know dominant tops and, and bottoms and, you know, all that or whatever. But I'm just saying as far mm-hmm. as physical abuse or what have you, a lot of guys get off on that. If they, they just can't have regular sex, they just can't have a regular sexual relationship, mm-hmm. or whatever. It has to be physical. It has to be abusive. It has to be something. And if, and if he dealt with that for 11 years, of course, the first thing that comes to my mind is where's your self-esteem? That's, that's, well, I'm like, well, 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 you know what, what comes to my mind, actually, um, not where, where's your self-esteem, but what have happened in your childhood to where this became normal, to where uh, this is normalized for you? Uh, honestly, it, you know, I'm going to share one of my own personal stories with this, guys. Um, so um, my first trauma with, with sex was with a police officer. And mm-hmm. that that carried into my first, my second sexual assault in college, when I was prostituting. And um, one of the things that the guy did was uh, he was on, he was I don't know what he was on uh, at the time, but he choked me until I I fainted. He put me in a headlock, kind of like this, and just like got off until I lost consciousness. Oh my. I didn't have any physical control. I tried to leave the room at the time. I was trying to just calmly leave. 
And then when I tried to calmly leave, he came up behind me and put me in that headlock and dragged me back to the bed and just masturbated while I struggled until I fainted. He did it four times. Wow. In one setting? One setting. I came to, he did it again. I came to, he did it again. Okay. The Some silence yeah. that you hear, listeners, is us out here with all of our mouths are like, what? Yeah. Sometimes wow. in that moment, you psychologically can't move, you can't breathe, your body shuts down, and you just comply. I'm telling you guys, it's just that simple. Like, How old were you when this happened? I was 22. Hmm. Yeah. Was this a random person? Um, yes. Like, it was um, from one of my postings. Hmm. Wow. Like, when, when I came to next, like, I just went, I, I remember pretending to go to sleep. So he didn't do it again, and I fell asleep, and I woke up. He was gone, and the money was on the uh, was uh, was on the nightstand, part of the nightstand, part on the floor. Wow! And so I, and he was he would he would choke you out, ejaculate on, on you. You would come back to he would choke you out, ejaculate on you again, so on and so forth, four times. Yeah, four times. That same night. It it's it, it wow. I'm so, guys, it really like these men who are get like they it's like like when you some men don't are not violent with these kind of drugs and some men are. Mm-hmm. And and so wait. I wait, got wait. to see I've seen men who aren't violent with it, like you know, like the like the typical things, they lose track of time, mm-hmm. they lose they, 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 they are habitual liars. They mm-hmm. and most of them don't even, you know, they don't even cause like they not they not just not plugged in and then you have the men that when you like you try to them <laughs> and no one's home there's That's no just, one in their eyes and there's nothing you can do this man was a police officer um no this this particular guy uh was not a police officer he oh was, okay i thought uh, I, I heard that wrong he was a he was a training coach mm. Because that just left me utterly speechless. It it's a lot to it's like when I say that, like men, like men on these drugs do really really unpredictable things. They really really can, and um, it really bugs me that our community doesn't talk about these things because it has real effect. It has real consequences. Yes, it has real consequences. Oh my God! Yes, it does. That's really heavy. That that just left me where I was stuck for a second. Yeah, that just left me where I was stuck. I'm I'm glad you're you're uh, you're healing from that. Yeah, man. Sometimes I, it it sucks. You know, sometimes you you know you remember it and and you like the only thing you can do is just tell people to be honest about it it's like and don't make your burdens other people's burdens like find your way through it you know if you need help just get help don't let your let other people your problems be other people's problems because 
it can turn into something ugly that you can't get away from. And, and, and a lot of these guys, is not, it's not, they're just experiencing whatever trauma they're trying to get away from. They're just living in whatever moment that gives them whatever solace it is. That's what those drugs do. Like they get stuck in a, this one moment in time that they're just going to be living. And sometimes it's trauma, and sometimes it's just want to be in the, happiest, in the happiest place they can find. And, and, and it sucks that it just happened to be one of the worst things that can happen to our community. And so there are countless men who suffer with addictions. There are, the numbers are, sometimes it will amaze you that how many people there are functioning addicts. There are people who are not functioning addicts. And we have to get to the point, if you see somebody, just because they say that they're a functioning addict, and unfortunately, we allow it to keep happening. We need to send people to rehab. That's something that we need to push as a whole because drugs really does nothing but cripple your body. They cripple your mind, your body, your soul, and all of that. So you have to get around somebody who is going to encourage you to stop the drugs because that addiction is a horrible thing. And most times, most times, it leads to death. It leads to death. And you don't want to see your friends die. You don't want to see your friends die. So our elected officials, our leaders in the gay community, this is something that you need to talk about. Instead of all the other stuff that we're talking about, there are times when you have to say, I'm a leader in this gay community. Let me speak up on this. Because just like we have people in the community who only speak about HIV, drugs is a, a something that needs to be highlighted as well. Abuse needs to be highlighted. There are so many things. And we want to make sure that you can get help. And there's, if you're in San Francisco area, there's, a, there's a, a nonprofit organization for black gay males. It's called Black Male Esteem. And they, they will help you, no questions asked. They're right there at the, uh, the, the, uh, the, AIDS, uh, the, uh, the AIDS Center um, on Market Street. I don't have the exact address, but I'll make sure to put it on our, on our, uh, on our uh, social media. But, you know, there are no questions asked. They have meetings every Wednesday. They ha I've seen so many men who have been on, drugs, been on drugs and gotten help from them and the support that they needed and just being able to have a voice in the community that they didn't think they had. So, you know, um, I think that'd be really helpful. Uh, you know, there's one in Atlanta as well that I'll go back and try to do some research about. Um, they don't get much recognition in Atlanta. They should because they should, because people should know that if you, you know, I, I always say help us, for, you know, I don't always say it's about hurt us somewhere, you know, help us for those who want it, not for those who need it. You know, the ones who need it, don't go looking for help. The ones who want it will find it and when they need it. So when you come to that point in your life when you need it, like just so you know, there's a place for you to go if you need it. Even if you're on Facebook, it just say, just go and say out loud, I'm in trouble, I need a space to do, and just press send. Facebook will find you and send you info. I'm telling you from personal experience, when I first started with Facebook, and I was talking about taking my own life, Facebook found me, locked onto me, and called me to make sure I was okay. I know Facebook could be a lot of things, but that moment, they saw me on my Facebook, saying some things that was abnormal, and they got to me. And I thank goodness they got to me. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So y'all hear that? I, there. 
I want to thank you for sharing that. I want to thank you for allowing yourself to be vulnerable and um, share that with our list listeners. You never know who may be there. Um, in 2019, uh, at one point, my timeline was flooded with rest in peace messages for people who have taken their own life. There's a young, young man out of um, Atlanta. I forget his name, but I met him through one of my friends there. And um, we had had a great time. Um, it was over the 4th of July weekend. I got back a week later, he took his life. And he took his life um, because he could not kick the drug habit. He had gotten hooked on crystal meth. Now I could tell he had a drug problem when we were there, um, but he wasn't doing drugs in front of us, was trying his best to have a good good time. But that goes without saying, you, you just, I mean, it goes without saying, you never know what a person's going through internally. You never know what reasons um, <clears throat> may have led them to do drugs in the first place. Because oftentimes what I've noticed with people who have drug addiction issues, um, it's the thing that they're trying to escape that right. keeps them in the cycle of addiction. And right. oftentimes they're afraid to deal with that thing. Um, and unfortunately, the addiction becomes bigger than the thing. So true. So, so very true. And yeah. it kind of le- it, it 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 leads into our next topic with Orlando Brown, mm. and it started out. I don't know if he. It really is or Orlando Brown. If you guys know, he's from That's So Raven. He was a child actor that was on That's So Raven. He was on Major Pain. Major Pain. Yeah, that's right. So he has been involved with drugs for a while now. And the other day he was walking through Walmart and I don't know what made him or the, let's just say the voice inside his head started talking to him and saying that you needed to go live. Let's start recording and let's tell the world that Nick Cannon gave me oral sex as a female. And I enjoyed it. And then to just keep saying, Nick Cannon, Nick Cannon did this. Nick Cannon did this. This is really a cry for help because the drugs have fried his brain. And we all know that a lot of child actors, they usually fall into this. But... I don't know why we're leaving them out there when we know that. Cause I mean, the, the other perfect example of, of what it did is look at, um, Oh my God. Why did this t- TV show all th- all three of them. Gary Coleman, um, Gary Coleman. Oh Dana, yeah. Yeah. Dana yeah. Pato, different, strokes. different strokes. All three Dana of them. Pato, Gary Coleman, Todd Bridges, who, who I actually <laughs> just seen Todd Bridges. He actually, is a part of the um, the uh, play. Uh, I mean, the movie that's coming out, Justice on Trial. But I actually just seen him, and 
he remembered me from years ago meeting him or what have you. But I mean, like you said, we're, we're, I don't know. See what happens is these kids all of a sudden become stars and they have all this money. And oh. so, you know, after you bought all these cars, after you bought all the clothes, after you gone out and, you know, turn up and, and did all the things with liquor and alcohol and everything like that. The next thing you know is your peers, who you think are your friends, say, here, try this. They try it and it just goes on from there. But um, I don't know if, if you want to talk about the response that Nick gave, but it was really, it, it really was a wonderful response. It was on point. Um, and, and if we could get more people to actually reach out these, 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 these people that are stars to, for their friends or their other peers that are near them to reach out to them and try to prevent them from doing the drugs and spending the money and, and doing this because mental illness is real. And if we don't stop it or don't try to put a hold on to it, we're going to lose a whole lot of good, talented people. Well, and, and, the, and the thing is that, you know, we already know us, us as artists, we all, you know, we, we all have our own demons that we battle. We are just wired differently. We look at the world differently. Our brains fire differently into how it bends around in creating stories that, we, that, that captivate people. That's just how we're wired. And so that doesn't come, that does come with its own particular set of vices and traumas in that person's life that it does inform their artistry. So yeah, I think that you know somebody. Sometimes you need that north star to you know to you know to, you know like good, bad, or indifferent to snatch you up and say, you know what, I got I got to do what's best for your your best interest right now, even when you're not at your best interest. And just that somebody to get you and snatch your ass up and say, no, 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 not on my watch. And it's like you know I, you know, there's a couple guys that you know been in my, my you know talked to in my life, and it's like. I wish I didn't do the drug in the first place because someone introduced me to it and I just complied with it because I was the, it was the headspace I was in and I can't find my way out of it. I don't even know my way out of it. This one dude, he left his jacket at my house one day. He can't pick it up recently. He had two teeth in the front dome. I'm like, didn't two months ago, like nine or four months ago, you had teeth over there? But I knew that recently he started doing them drugs. And right here on the side, just gone. And I'm like, wow. And and just like and then one another guy, Asian guy, super nice. I mean, bubbly, responsible conversations, everything. And stuck on Tina as well. No sense of time, no track of a track of reality sometimes. His conversations a little spun out. And I'm like, and and but if you talk, if you ask him about something personal he shuts down because he doesn't want to have any association with whatever he's trying to bury and whatever moment he's trying to escape in his life. And, and, you know, demonize those people. I have to have a sense of understanding. It's like, this is bigger than just the drugs. He needs, he needs some friends. He definitely needs some friends. Nick Cannon did an amazing, like, like Lamont said, Nick Cannon did an amazing um, response to this. I'm just going to, I'll read just a little bit of it. And he wrote this on Instagram. And he said, when I first saw this, I thought it was effing hilarious. But then after putting a little 
um, effort and analytical thought to this situation, I figured what a great opportunity for a teaching moment. First off, let me say I am praying for this young brother, Orlando, even though I don't really know him personally, I have always loved and enjoyed his talent and have been a fan of his past work. He was brilliant in major pain and had us all laughing on That's So Raven. But this is another crucial example of when we allow our young artists to be prematurely exposed by this demonic business and left out to fend for themselves. We need better support systems for our youth and take care of our own. And I've watched various, uh, various, uh, uh, various of these of this young brother's videos, and all I can see is a cry out for help. So it's so true. We put these kids out there. You give them all this money, but you give them no direction. You give them no support system, and they go buck wild. And you're mute. You're mute. They do. However, the latter part of um, his his message, I think, is probably the most important. If you don't mind, can I read it? Okay, Um, you can. I was only given a tag. It says, "So I don't know if any if there are any real leaders or solid individuals in this young man's life, but let's embrace him and tighten him up so that he doesn't become another lost victim to these Hollywood circumstances." I indeed believe this brother has a God-given talent to be on Wild and Out, but this definitely ain't the way to audition. This actually hurts my heart to see that we have allowed Orlando, along with various other young gifted performers we grew up loving, to just dwindle away after these corporations made their billions off of them. Now due to substance abuse and diagnosed psychiatric disorders, our loved ones are now aimlessly begging for the attention they were once given instead of the help they actually need. All while we sit back and just laugh. The most irresponsible parties involved in all of this is our media, specifically the culturally conscious, for us to continue to post slander and tear one another down for that clickbait to make these white supremacy propagated platforms more money is asinine and deplorable. These cannibalistic tactics only destroy us. <laughs> really, in posts like this, who wins? We might chuckle, joke, pass the gossip on through our low frequency vibrations, but does it truly make you feel good? Especially knowing that there are higher powers looking down, down at you. So I hold iHeartRadio, Complex, and WorldStar accountable. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, like, and, and I, I said, I said this recently to someone. You know, there's there's a different time period now. We're exposed to so much more information than we did back then. And the thing is that no one has taught these people, any of us, on how to deal with this this amount of information, how to psychologically process and understand the information that we're getting fed on a daily basis, all the comments, all the, like, bear in mind, celebrities had that back then, but it was very controlled. Like, they didn't have World Star and Twitter and Facebook. Like, they're, they're, they're like, they're, like, this is a whole different kind of playing field when you're psychologically exposed to so much information that you just don't know how to 
there's no outlet for that. There's no, there, there, there was no rule book for how to deal, deal with this. And, you know, I, I, I jokingly say, I think that kids need a, a psychiatrist at birth. <laughs> like you, 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 you born, you need to get a schedule of a psychologist to help your ass up until a certain point of your life, just to make sure that you're not going to be one of them, one of them people. Raven, you need to reach out to your friend. This is somewhere where you need to step up and reach out to your friend because he needs some friends. He needs some real, he needs a real support system. And there's help out there. There is help out there. Know it and there are ways to get it. You just have to want it. Yep, I believe that. And I also believe that there needs to be an overhaul in the way that we um, disseminate information. This um, one thing that Nick Cannon said is the very last part of his um, Instagram press release. That's what I call it. Um, but the very last part of that, he's, um, he said, I hold I, I hold I heard radio complex and world star accountable. If we want to see a change, we have to begin to change. Yeah. And I think that if more people began to take the healing approach instead of looking at this as one big ass joke, when someone is destroying their lives in front of the camera, yeah. um, I believe that the public sentiment surrounding it would change. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. and, this is, and he's not the first one that we've seen this happen to. Because nope. everybody remembers Maya Campbell, who had a, a major breakdown, B.B. Moore Campbell's daughter. And she used to play on mm, the show with uh, LL Cool J and Debbie Allen. And she mm -hmm. had a breakdown. Breakdown. So, or, or sometimes the lack of drugs, like, like Kanye West. Oh, Lord. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe drugs will help him then. Maybe uh, drugs would have helped him right about now. <laughs> like this is the this, this is the this is the place where drugs would have helped. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we're laughing, we're laughing at that, but I mean, really, Kanye and Cardi B are talking about trying to run for presidency in twenty-four. Oh Lord, don't don't. But, but truth be told. Kanye West just missed his North Star. He, his North Star was his mother. And the thing is that no, like his, his, psychological, his psychological break has not been taken serious by anybody around him. Everybody has just pushed the envelope and passed the book with that man just because he's, you know, they, they, this is just how, this is how, this is how Kanye West is and no one's, no one's stepping, uh, putting their foot, no one put their foot down like, I'm going to put their foot, foot down. And that's what he's missing in his life. He just needs that kind of construct. Some people do, period. Mama's gone. I mean, mama's gone. That's it. I know. That was the, that was a stop. Yeah, like that was his North Star. He needs a, he needs to find a new North Star. Hmm. Well, we pray for him too. Yep. Next. We're gonna pray for him. As we close out this evening. We have an interesting, because uh, an interesting, uh, we didn't have too much comical this evening. Well, Orlando Brown was, he had a little bit of comical in it too, because his part was that he wanted everybody to know that he enjoyed 
having Nick uh, Nick Cannon give him oral sex. Like, first of all, what what do you have to gain out of saying that in the first damn place? Because not a fucking thing. Like, like, who gives a fuck who's sucking whose dick at this point in 2020? Like, the point is, you like, you know, you know, people care about shit. You getting your dick sucked? Oh my. Okay, we ain't going back to that. And it's just random. I mean, that, that was just a random comment. I mean, it's, it sounds like something a drug head would say that you would see randomly on the street saying, hey, I can make a booger dance. Yeah. You know, it, just, <laughs> it just seems random. I mean, and, yeah. and, and, and then he expresses it like, and he was, as a female, what? As a female? <laughs> and you know, we've, ne- only- we've never seen Nick Cannon in front of the camera anywhere near a woman. And then also, it's so left field. And I can't, the <laughs> only reason this story got traction is because he used to be on That's a Raven. Yeah. Right. Like, which is why Raven is out of Walmart. He probably was on the chemical aisle. That's probably what the problem was. He was on the. Probably looking for and getting some more bob wires and all that shit to go make his stuff. <laughs> Ain't gonna make it. Ain't gonna get that free based on. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, what else we got? You better enjoy that show being in syndication and go sit the fuck down somewhere. Enjoy exactly. life. <laughs> wow, his money is dwindling from syndication. Ha! I know. Shoot, all them drug uses he got. Shoot, I'm, I can say that syndicated money be syndicated to them drugs. His money mm-hmm. is dwindling, so he better be get it together. Or he gonna be an unheard of drug addict that's gonna be in a box. Already unheard of. He, uh, he irrelevant. So we're gonna end on a high on this evening, and we have this amazing discussion, and we would love to hear from you guys at home. And this will be a question that you can respond to on our social media. The question is. Is there truly a difference between exclusively dating and being in a relationship? And I'll say it again so that you can get it. Is there truly a difference between exclusively dating and being in a relationship? Also, what are the phases of dating in your mind? Who's going first? Lamont? Lamont is our veteran. Um, Lamont has been in a relationship forever. Okay. So his, he's probably only got about three things to say because he's coming from a seasoned, seasoned married man. Let's not forget who's older in this group. <laughs> and Lamont, before I, you answer. I, I got so much season. <laughs> Since I got so much season. You can pull out the army beer if you want to. I'm so seasoned. Okay. And Lamont, before you answer, let me can, allow me to set this up a little bit more. Um, this morning I reached I um came across something on Facebook. It's a posting that says, Stop being exclusive before you enter a relationship. If someone asks you to be exclusive before they ask you to be, to be in a relationship, your answer should be no. If you want me to be all yours. Make me all, all yours. Hashtag fight me. Not hashtag fight me. So in other words, fight me for telling the truth. Oh. I, I mean, 
it kind of, I mean, it really throws me because I, I look at when you say exclusive, okay, so you're newly dating or you're mm-hmm. in a relationship. So, okay, exclusively dating, I don't know why, but in the gay community, to me, that means that you're actually fuck buddies. <laughs> you're not Whoa. necessarily, you know, because once you hit a once you hit a certain plateau and you're in a relationship, meaning you're in a relationship, meaning we're exclusively with each other and exclusively dating. I mean, I, I'm a little thrown by that because it's like, I mean, there's, there, there's really a thin line between those two. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. Between love and hate. The, um, you know, because... <laughs> Because for me, it's <coughs> exclusively exclusively dating and being in a relationship. It's the same fucking thing. You have the same set of expectations. You have the same set of rules. You're doing the same shit. So I, I, it, you might as well just call it being in a relationship. What's the point of saying we're exclusively dating um, and that they're not, you're not in a relationship? Because if that's the case, then 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 it comes about uh, having an open relationship. Is the open relationship meaning you're exclusively dating? <laughs> what the hell? It's like, uh-uh. Yeah. Either you are or you're not. Okay, so my my take on this is probably a little di- little different because I I agree with you guys. Exclusively dating and and uh, and 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 romantically dating, same damn thing. Like. Like, like th- that means excluding everybody else and it's just you two. Like, what's the damn difference? Um, for me, as you guys know, I am okay with open relationships. I am, like, that's, a, that's the thing I talk about about a second date that, that, uh, that, that's brought up. Because it's important to me. I'm not playing that game where I have to, you know, I have to participate in the way I should live my life because, that, because that's, how you, that's how the world has taught you. So mm-hmm. I'm very upfront about it because that's, that, that's me being honest. And, you know, if you ask me why, I'm totally prepared to be able to answer those questions for you. Uh, you know, but, you know, as far as, like, my exclusivity to you, yeah, like, if I'm exclusively dating you, and I'm not, that means I'm not going on any dates with anybody else, just as if I'm in a relationship with you and only you. You know, sexually, that's a whole different, a whole different ball game. I'm not trying to get to know that fool that I just hooked up with. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to spend time and day with you. I'm not trying to get to know you. I'm not trying, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to share my feelings with you except how good it feels to me at the moment. You know, I'm just not. And I just, you know, like, and it, for my, me and my ex, it worked great for us. That conversation was came up, and we made a decisive decision. What we both wanted. The last date I went on before that, he was like. That doesn't work for me. He wants a close relationship. I was totally cool with that. He's with somebody else right now. Hashtag he ain't as cute as me. But, you know. Oh, Lord. (laughs) If you're exclusively dating dating somebody, um, you can't be out having uh, a... or I guess you can if you've had communication about relations. We call it relations. But what rule book says that? Like, who who has a scripted plan as to how you should date and conduct your relationships? Period. Like, like is is that is that is that is that a is that a, a social standard that has become a moral standard? 
I mean, I guess the better question would be, what are the phases of dating then? Because, like, in my mind, in my mind, like, would I, there's the getting to know you phase. Yeah. Where you're getting to know somebody, but you but you could be getting to know if multiple pe- people, and if you're me, you you have in the past. Oh, um, Lord. oh Lord. Gotten to know multiple people. We're just getting to know each other. And then right. when we begin, then when we begin to like progress into dating, um, that does not mean I'm just dating you. Andre, it don't means that. that it means that we are um oh, we're past that. But um doesn't mean that um I don't like you. I may like you more than everybody else I'm dealing with. You're just but... exploring your options. You're just and, exploring your and, options. And, and when you guys say that, when you guys say that, I, I become like this is the this is the petty side of me. So forgive me for saying this. It sounds mm-hmm. like being an emotional whore. Like I can't just I can't even imagine like investing my emotional space with multiple people like at multiple times. Like sex for me that's easy because I'm not not having to connect with people on on this particular personal level, like 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 like, like it feels like I'm being mm-hmm. a fucking bachelor. Like that just it feels like I'm being an emotional whore. Like I'm going I'm going to hurt someone's feelings, or I'm only getting to know you for the purposes of my own selfish reasons. And then when and it doesn't suit my needs, I'm going to throw your emotions away and say fuck you. Like I just don't know how to deal with that. Like when I'm when I like if I can have sex with a person and get emotionally connected with them. And I start to get to know them, then I'm locked in, period. But see, but that's otherwise, but otherwise, eh, 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 eh. Well, see, it's for me. It's also not an all-in thing. Like you have to gradually get to all, all in for me, as far as emotions are concerned. And you only get there by getting to know people. So you get to know them, and something, some situations just naturally fizz out. And some people, some situations don't. But when you decide, at least in my head, when you decide that, okay, I'm only going to be dating you and I'm cutting everybody else off, that to me is when you cross over into relationship. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. Right. I guess, I guess for me, I never call it dating. I was like, you know, just hang out with a friend because I was like, I'm just building friendships. If I start saying I'm dating this one, dating this one, I'm, like, it just seems like I am, like... Like, what happens if I have, like, three or four guys who are sitting there interested in just me and I got to go back and play this bachelor game? Like, oh, well, you're more interesting than this. Like, it would just mm-hmm. freak me out. I'm different. But that's when, I mean, you have to set boundaries, though. You have to actually have boundaries. I mean, even even in the midst of the, the um, my relationship that I'm in now, when, when I first started um, dating Lewis or whatever, I was talking to two other guys, you know, and it was like, we were dating, you know, we, I was going out with him. I was going out with this one, going out with this one. And you're trying to find your balance on who is better for you, who is better yeah. for you as a mate, who is better for you, who do you communicate with her, sex, of course, you know, all the, all those factors or whatever. So for me, I don't think you can exclusively dating and not be in a relationship. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it's like, it's the it's same damn thing. And, and, and guys, this is super helpful for me because as I told you guys before earlier on a couple of shows, like this is something in my life that I have, a, this is my trouble spot. Like this is like a foreign object to me, dating and love life and whatnot, even though I've had hit or misses, but they're not, they haven't been long-term, like my, my, like the longest date, man I ever dated was six months. I never had like long-term dating. I've had meaningful relationships that had 
real in substance to it for me like that. So this is like, when you get, I'm not making fun. I'm really genuinely curious because I, it just seems so foreign to me, you know? So there are some people though, who will argue that there's a, that there is a phase right before getting into a relationship um, that you go through where, and that's where the exclusively dating phase come, comes in. They describe that as a phase where you are just getting to know one person and deciding if this is going to be a relationship or not. Yeah, for me, I just keep like my friendships. Just keeping my friendships that way. I don't have them as like I'm not. I'm not holding. They're not. They're not trying to. You know. You know. Stop their lives for me, and I'm not stopping my lives for them. You know. And if, if you're drawn to one, then you stop making that conversation. Like, hey, I'm interested in something more. Like for mm -hmm. me, I've always seen it like that. Versus actually saying, okay, I'm going to participate in this as if I'm going to form a relationship with this person romantically. Like for me, it's like when I start doing that, I get a little, because I get my, inst I start following my instincts. If I'm really liking you, I'm going to set up a plan to make you mine. <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and again, that, that's when you find that, that, that what clicks for you. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. You, you date until you find something that clicks and then you're in a relationship with that person. And for me, I just never see like I never seen like a model of rules. It's like okay, do I gotta follow a rule? And I just got so flustered with those. Like okay, so I'm not gonna get my <coughs> rules. I'm just going to follow my instincts. So if I'm gonna go on a date, go on a date I'm comfortable in, so I can actually have comfortable conversations. Like I didn't, just, I didn't. I, I was like, I felt a lot more at ease when I don't have a rule book. Like I don't mm -hmm. feel like I have to take a, like a like a like do a step by step because I get so focused in making these social steps. Versus actually getting involved with the person that I'm interested in. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, it does. It does. So I got a question for you guys. Do you have to be in love to be in a relationship? No. Yes. Yes. No, I'm saying in general, like, you know, if you have to be in a relationship, whether it's, whether it's real or manufactured, can you actually participate in one? That's how I heard it. No, no, no. So to cross over from just dating someone to now being in a relationship with them, do you have to be in love with them? Now, keep in mind, saying no. I love you, uh, saying I love you is very different than saying I'm in love with you. Exactly. Manuel, I was, I was not in love with him. I loved him, though. I do love him. But I, not, but I was not in love with him. And we were dating. We were seriously dating. That was officially dating exclusively. And I wasn't in love with him. I was falling in love with him. But I knew I loved him, but I wasn't in love with him. I'm not going to be in a relationship with somebody I'm not in love with. I'm not going to invest that much time. No way, no how. Right, because there's 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 too much involved. There's too many emotions involved. I mean, and yeah. and that's where the that's where the, the 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 line is crossed right there. When from when you're dating to when you're in a relationship, it's like if I'm dating you, and all of a sudden I get strong feelings for you, and you reciprocate those feelings. That's the first thing. Number one, are you feeling what I'm feeling? Oh no, I'm not feeling you like that. Okay, well then, cool. We're still dating, and don't be mad at me as if I find somebody else that I'm interested in that's interested in what I'm interested in. But 
if we're dating and you're feeling me and I'm feeling you and you know, and we, we, we this thing that we, this thing that we have going on, I want to talk to you all the time. I want to see you all the time. I want to think about you, you know, when we're not around each other, I'm thinking about you, you think about me. You just have to pick up my favorite candy. I just have to pick up this or what have you. You're in love. <laughs> so if, if you're in love, there's no way you could be in a relationship and not be in love. That, that makes no sense to me. I so want one. <laughs> but okay. you know what? I my gut keeps saying I'm gonna meet that guy in a different country. Not Wherever me. love is where you find it. And, and number one, thing. here's another, so here's here's another thing. From different country. But here's another thing, though, and stop looking for love, and you'll find it. I have it. Oh no, I'm no you. I'm I'm the I'm still I'm in therapy right now just to, just for this very opposite thing because I'm captain dismissive. Like I will like I would do like bear in mind here's my here's my dating history, guys. Before my my current ex, I I was single for 15 years. Before my current ex a year and a half ago, when I say when people say oh when you're not looking, bitch, I'm not looking. <laughs> I let 15 years pass and about when when someone says, Oh, well, just don't look, bitch. I was like, it's been 15 years, bitch. I ain't never been looking this look this far. When someone says don't look, I'm that motherfucker who really don't look. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm like I met I met my ex like just on scruff. Like like and and he was very dead upset on what he wanted from the conversation. He wanted the date, and that's where it went. And other than that, I would have been like, okay, wherever this, wherever this road's going. Well, hmm. I am single, 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 single. Uh, I tend to have better relationship luck with dating people who are not here. Long distances work for me. So that's why I say, if I'm going to invest my time and my phone conversations and my FaceTime and emails and all of that and my money to come see you and you to come see me, we have to be in love. So there, cause you know, it's, it's, it's just, why waste your time? Can you so, be in love with somebody that you haven't, that, that you haven't had a constant physical connection with? Oh, definitely. Because, but see, that's like I say, I fly back and forth. So, and I, I honestly, I hate to say it, but I have better re- luck with relationships with people who don't live here. And I do. Why is that? I just do. I mean, I see, here, here's the thing about me too. One thing is that I don't think I want to see you every day. I ain't got to that point where I always got to be up in your face. And that don't work well for me. Me too. I, I can enjoy my- But you can get that here. You just find somebody who's gainfully employed that has a career. Yeah, because that's why I talk to X. They say that, but they still want to see you all the time. They still want to be around you. I'm like, because uh, see, my, my first love is wine. So my first love is Napa. So you have to be willing to accept that piece. I'll that be honest you, with you. Yeah, if I if I knew some dudes in your in, like that that was that was in that was in your class, I would because the dudes I meet they're exactly what you're talking about. Like they, like they don't want to be all up in the, under me. Like like my ex did not want to. No, he likes to be in his own space, his own place, and have his own thing going on. 
Like he he's like, let me miss you for a while. He was that kind of guy. I wouldn't I would see him maybe once or twice a week, if if twice a week. I would see him because he would just be doing his own thing during the week. He had work. He had work to do. He was like Mr. Big. I loved it. And FaceTime is wonderful. I'm telling you, FaceTime is wonderful. It's just like you're sitting there with them. It's wonderful. No, to be honest, to be honest with you, I'm, 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 I'm that, I'm that one. I like to be under something. I like to be under on stuff, touching, feeling. Like I need, like for the, like, at least for the beginning of the relationship, I need you to be all upon me. Like, like maybe later on, like you know, two, like three, four months into it, okay, you can back up off me. But <coughs> months, I need you to be all up in my junk, all up in my space. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's too much. I like that. That's yeah, too much. I like it too. But why, why is, but Chris, why is that? Why don't you want that, 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 that person you know, around I'm you, just, that person in your personal space? What, what does that rep- represent for you? You have to tag on to this question. I'm just not, um, I'm just not that type of person. Everybody, I'm just not that type of person. Honey, you give me a good bottle of wine. I'll snuggle up with that bottle of wine and I'll be a happy little damn camper. That's, but see, I feel like that's cop out, but I feel like that is a standard response that a lot of people give. Um, so but, that is the standard. No, it is the truth. I mean, cause because, like, okay, so perfect, the perfect, and I tell people all the time, I'm moody. So you need to be able to accept the fact that I'm moody. And it has nothing to do with the person that I'm dating. Because when I've been out all day and I come home, I can just be in this house and be content watching TV and be in seventh heaven. I can be playing tennis but, on my phone. And but, I'm but, 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 but if you want a little affection, a little something, something, you know. So I said this the other day to some, so we were, we were having a conversation at work. And I said this the other day, and this is the reason why I have initially started considered being in a poly relationship because I don't, I'm, I'm, I may be weird from everybody else. I don't need sex like everybody else. They, they, you got to breathe it and have all the child. I can make it without it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm real good. So that makes you open to a poly, a poly error Yes. Yes. Because the situation, so I, I classified, I call it a semi is what I'm in right now, is a semi because he's married and they're together all the time. I see them once a blue moon. That works for me. It works really well. It works really well. Yeah, I never took you, I never, t- yeah, now that I think about it, you ever took you as being like, you know, that that sexually charged person like, yeah, that ain't. I'm, I never picked it up from you. No, I don't. I'm fine, and I mean, like, when you get it, you get it. But I don't need to talk to you every five minutes. I mean, we talk. Okay, hey, we text, and hey, how you doing? Love you all that smoochy smooch, all that good stuff. That's cute, whoopee whoopee. But when I come cool. home, I'm telling you, I can turn on the TV, and especially if, especially tennis time. When it's like Australian Open, when it's U.S. Open, I don't want to see the phone. I'll be like this, throwing the phone. Leave me alone. Really? Leave me alone because I'm focused on tennis at that moment. You know what? Because, you know what? This is very telling because when we first met, I always wondered why your ass never texted me back. <laughs> I'm like, I like. 
Like, this motherfucker won't text me out. This damn bus driver don't fucking want to text me back. Who the fuck he think he <laughs> I am just, it, it just. I was I, so I, salty. Oh, Lord, don't be salty. Don't be salty. We had first, that's when we first met. Like, that was when we first met back while I live on 9th Street. I'm just, I'm a different breed. And it might be, and it might be, like I say, it's, and it's that I've gotten older. Because when I was younger, I would not have, I would not, definitely would not have considered a polyamorous relationship. That would not have been something I wouldn't even have a discussion about. But because the situation is presenting itself to me right now, and the way that it's presented, that they're married, and I'm the, it's, for me, it's just companionship. So I see you when I see you. We they cook dinner. I go over and have dinner. We have good conversation. And, and to be honest with you, some people are, are are okay with that. I've met some I've met some people who are just that's the relationship they they choose to be in. It and sometimes the best relationship, the best emotional relationship they can be in is the one they have with themselves. It works because. I, we all have that whole past. I mean, we all had it back in the day. I, I've done some some stuff back in the day. Lord knows we've all done some stuff. We've all done some stuff. And, yeah, yeah, it's called your 20s, honey. Your 20s. No, honey. So some stuff was in my 40s. Some, well, was, no, you, you all, I'm talking about you, you You do it continuously in your 20s, but every now and then in your 30s and your 40s, you did revisit it. And I not forget. I want to say that I'm better in your 40s. And so I'll say, right. I'll say this. So Lamont knows I, I didn't end up for it to happen, but I dated two of Lamont's kids. Mm-hmm. It, 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 yeah, two, it, it, two. It did, I didn't mean for that to happen. It just, it happened. Two, two, do you hear me? <laughs> and it was, just, it was a oops. It was it was it was a oops, but I really, really, and 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 I say this all the time. The one of them I really was the one that I I would have just settled down with completely, completely, and that I mean, he knew that, and I and I said that to him several times, and just would have been utterly perfect to be with. But I tell people all the time. I can't move unless some job is going to give me what my job gives me here. And we are the nation's highest paid school bus drivers. We're the nation's paid. And so it's to move from here and take a major pay cut is, I'm like, I can't do it. And I wanted to move for him. Trust me, I wanted to move for him, but I could not justify taking the pay cut and then having to be in this really situation of a struggle. And so that was kind of our, it was making our downfall. And then just, then Lamont had another, one of his children just happened to be in there and the situation just fell in and I ended up catching is, feelings. Is that, is, that, is that what you call it? You just fell in? Okay. Fell in. <laughs> I just happened to catch, I happened to Whoops. catch feelings. Whoops. Yeah, it was, it, but I had, uh, I, I, I st- and I still love both of them. I really do. I still love both of them. Um, so I, I don't ever want to. As his nephew. When, when, we, when, when we met, it was like a two live crew. He thought I was a, he thought I was a fucking stripper. <laughs> mm. 
I don't never want to down. I don't want to downplay them, and I don't want them to think that because one of them actually listens to the podcast. So yes, I am. <laughs> talk, I am talking about you, and I still yes, I still do love you. That I, I, I and I will always love you. I will always love you. That season. Has Come on, been. Whitney. <laughs> yes. I, I came with y'all. I came. And so, <laughs> I'm not with you. I'm not going there with y'all. So you just have to understand. People have different quirkiness, and I have that different quirkiness. And some days I visualize being in a relationship where we live together, and then there are other days when I'm visualizing stuff. I don't see nobody in that picture with me. I don't. And those are usually like, if, if I'm dreaming that I'm winning the lottery, when I'm on that island for a month by myself, I don't see nobody else on that island, but the man bringing me my Mai Tais and my Long Islands and my uh, martinis. I didn't see nobody else sitting in the lounging chair next to me. So that's what I say. It just, I don't know. Well. And the weird thing, so this is it, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm going to say this and I'm going to leave my mess alone. The weird thing is, too, that people that are usually attracted to me and or I find myself attracted to in this late stage in life, <laughs> in the stage of life, are usually ministers. Mm. So I was at Housley up in Napa the other day, and we were hanging out. And Adam and I were talking, and it was almost closing time. And I was telling Adam, I said, we're going to go find something to eat. And so I was getting ready to prepare, prepare my group to leave. And Adam went back behind the counter, and the door opened. And two, four, six, seven black people walked in into houses into downtown Napa. And I looked, okay. So I was like, interesting. So Adam went over to speak to them and he was saying something to me and he was like, you got to come over and, you know, meet the people. And so I went over to speak to the people and I was chit-chatting with them and going through the conversation. They were all from DC. Mm -hmm. So as I started going down, I was asking him, Oh, what do you do? She said, I'm a teacher. And the, um, uh, the next the, the the next lady said she was an RN. The guy, he was a teacher. The other guy was a teacher. And when I got to the last guy who we had already locked eyes with, I looked and I asked him what he did. He said he was a pastor. And I dang near hit the floor. I, he left me utterly speechless. And I just did not know what to say. Now. Mm -hmm. Um, so we exchanged information and I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I like this guy. But the only problem was he 26, y'all. He 26. That's jail. Don't baby. do it, Miss Silly. Don't, that. don't do it, Miss Silly. Let me tell you. That's jail, don't baby. Don't do it. No, Miss Silly, no. I'm like, oh my it God. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. But, 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 but. Um, but let, let, let me, um, um, it just happens to be that way is that that's what I find myself in that, type of, in that type of situation 
And mm-hmm. so um, it's hard, you know, it is very well, hard. And I think, honestly, you know, you could, say, you, could, you could say this with saying, you know, relationships are by design, not by society. It's about, you know, and I, I think that people like, you know, we don't, we don't, we, we, we don't have to do, you know, we don't have to, uh, who, who's that? So that's the, <laughs> Fernando said, who is that? So did Sean just pass out? Sean mm-hmm. just passed out. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Right here. Yeah, slow. Okay. So is that worthy of a long distance relationship? I have one word. Delicious. All right, we're moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I don't know. I'm you know, I'm finicky like that. So like you a cute bitch is hard. And I'll visit you. That's all I can say. You know how <laughs> you know how you know how I am with a cute bitch. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I sign out the fuck out of you. I said, you know, cause I'm one of them cocky bitches. I was like, you know what? I made your ass. Don't make me break you. Sean, Sean you know that sex that you claim to fame, bitch? My industry made that bitch. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, if you're at home listening, we would love to hear your thoughts. We always, yeah. appreciate, we always appreciate listener feedback because you guys have some, y'all takes on stuff is, is, is something. It's something. And so I think we'll do a part two to this. We'll follow up with this next week and we'll read some of the uh, listeners' comments. And we're going to send this out as a question too so you can answer the poll. And let me tell you, sir, when we send this out as a question, don't be saying, hey, how you doing? We want to mm-hmm. answer the question. We, we, don't, we don't want all that. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to share your follow us, follow that. We're not asking you to tell us to follow you. We can follow you. If you want us to do that, we'll follow you. We don't have a problem following you. Answer the question. It's real simple. Appreciate it. We appreciate right. every one of you. Make sure you share this podcast. iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google, Anchor. Mm-hmm. There's so many places where you are. You can listen to us. The fellas are always. Sure can. Always here for you. Fernando is here. Lamont is here. Sean is here. That's right. And baby, Mm -hmm. they give y'all some amazing pictures. Oh, and I also want to thank last week, Darren was on the show with us. So we'll have more people coming on the show. Darren had, we had a ball with Darren on last week. We had a great time with Darren. Yeah, yeah. He's in Panama right now, living his best life, baby. He's showing. Come on, Darren. Come on, traveling. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. He is in Panama. He's showing them legs, and I told y'all his page is private, so I can't. I'm, I'm, I am gonna put a picture up so y'all can see Darren. Darren is just this handsome young man that he has an amazing page. So, if you get the chance, request him. And maybe you can follow because he does some amazing videos. He entertains the people who follow him. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. I don't know what else to say. Fellas, y'all got something to say? No. No. We Hey, we love you guys. So make sure you listen. Make sure you share. We love you. Thank yes. you for tuning in. Always. We're here because of you. That's all I can say. And I'm going to read the fellas before we go off. 
these Negroes was supposed to have commercials to me so y'all could have some commercials. But these niggas, now I'm gonna go from Negroes to these niggas have not done what they wanted to do. And it's been three months. I'm still waiting on a commercial. Wait a minute, it's been six months. I'm still waiting. It's been Don't you know good things come to those who wait? Very sure Hey, Sean, can you text me what, the, what, what microphone I need to buy? Yes, I will. Because yeah. I'm shopping right now this weekend to buy the microphone so I can do the damn commercial so you can see the video of my sons rolling down my ass crack or something. I'm going to get Don't electrocute yourself on, the, on behalf of the show, please. Right. <laughs> Unless you're videotaping, because that would be good for marketing. Oh, yeah. I uh, may do a videotape. Mary. You may be surprised. I may bust out a videotape. Thank Mobile you. Bath from a trick house. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um, if you would like to have your business featured on the fellow's point of view, please contact us. Send us a uh, send us a message. We will advertise your business for a nominal fee. We'll sample mm-hmm. your shit too. Just send it to us. That's right. And you know, right. if you would like us to read your products for filth, please send them over. Hey. Right. And we're going to start a, a segment in, um, in the upcoming month. We're going to start a segment where you can send in a question and we will answer your question for you. Live. Live. Oh, that'd be fun. So we're working to go live too. So yeah, we're, we're working to go live. I just have to figure out how we're going to go live. That's the mm-hmm. hard part is how we're going to go live. But we're working on that. Fernando just got his Some of our listeners out there and they know a way that we can do that. Hit us up. Let us know. Our tech guru over there, Sean, should be able to figure that out for us. He should be able to figure that out for us. Honey, Fernando, y'all, if y'all could see at home, Fernando done got his second win. He bouncing like a little kid in the toy. <laughs> like he should get some toy. Oh, y'all, y'all, no, this is, this is Fernando trying to keep it awake. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with Fernando. That's Hello. I'm shaking it out. Now, see, we would be done, but you know, I, we try to record at 8 o'clock, but every time I say 8 o'clock, they be like, oh, 8.30, 8.45. I was on time o'clock. today. I say eight o'clock so that we could be done by ten. But you know they don't they they don't they they be living their best lives. Let me tell you, oh, I gotta eat dinner. My well, boots cooking, my well, husband cooking. What like don't eat us. Y'all look, y'all. <laughs> look, I can't go to bed anyway. I gotta I gotta wash my damn sheets and everything. Oh. Yeah, is, is there a reason why? There's always a reason why. Look, oh, look at that. Right. Because there's somebody there. <laughs> there's always a situation with Fernando. There's always mm. a situation. Child, I didn't even know there was somebody there. You're not supposed to. Right. You're not supposed to. Well, come on and come through. Put, put that right to sleep. Mm, I see. I don't play. I I told y'all, the fellas' point of view, we are unedited. <laughs> we are unparred like anybody else out there. That's why 
you guys listen to us. And thank you. Our viewership has went up by an additional 25. Our numbers on our anchor have went up by another 25. So our standard now. Listen to us talk shit for you. Mm -hmm. Have shimmied our way up another 25 people. So we appreciate each and every one of you. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be just a little petty as we go out. I created this bitch. <laughs> okay, Donna Ross. I created this shit. Come on. So I'm Mary Wilson. That's all I want to say. <laughs> so who you see is here is the cast. So for those of you that are at home talking about it. I created this bitch. Christopher Terrence Jones created this. I am the creator, the founder. And unfortunately, no, I will not be having the other cast on this show with this one. So keep that. Blow it out your pipe. Whatever way you want to take it. But I am the head bitch in charge on this one. In other words, he is. his name is Diana. And he is the most Boom. supremest bitch. And that's Miss Ross. And if he That's wants right. Mary Wilson out the fucking group, he will put Mary Wilson out the group. So, ah! Oh, I'm not responding to your email to say you can come on the show. I'm not. I'm responding publicly like this. That's how I'm responding. God bless you and God keep you. We are. <laughs> it's my prayer. <laughs> oh, that is my prayer. Come up in here. <laughs> I'm uh, I wish you the best. Me and my bear waving at you. Come on, camouflage bear. And we are out. We will see you on next week. Next week. Next week. OMGG. How do I hit that button? There it is.